different, and we're going to start things a little bit different today. I, I'm going to ask uh, if somebody's back there that can turn up the house lights just a little bit, because I'm going to do something that's very unusual that we have never done before. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to play a sound. We're going to play three different sounds uh, through the system, and we're going to see if you can hear it. Now, here's the thing. If you hear the sound, I want you to raise your hand. Joe, go ahead and play the first sound. Anybody hear that? Anybody hear it? I can't, I can't, it's hard for me to see your, if your hands. Okay, that was sound number one. Here's sound number two. Anybody hear that one? Raise your hand if you hear that one. Some people do, some people don't. Pray healing in Jesus' name. Okay, so anyway. Here is the third sound. The third sound. Anybody hear that? Okay, yeah, okay. So again, I know it's a little bit different. It's a little unusual. Take the house lights back down, Alex, if you will. Uh, again, one of the things that's really un interesting about sound is that, that, that as we get older, lots of times that's one of the reasons why people lose their hearing. It's, it's getting older. It's, it's also genetics. Uh, you kind of question people, why do you think people lose their hearing? Uh, but the most common cause for the lo loss of hearing is something that may surprise you. It's noise. Now think about that. It's noise. Noise is the number one reason why people lose their hearing. Too much noise. Too much noise causes us to lose our ability to hear. And here's the thing that's really interesting to me. It happens both physically and it happens spiritually. Too much noise in your life can cause you to miss the voice of God and what God is speaking over your life and what he wants to say to you. So if you were to go this week and you were to have a hearing test and you were not able to hear one of the sounds that they played for you to hear, that's one thing. But if you can hear the voice of God speaking over your life, that's a completely different thing. We started a series last week, and we're going back into that series today. Last week, we looked at the, at the life of Abraham. And this morning, I want to look at the story of another guy who heard the voice of God in his life. And it comes from my favorite part of the Bible, which is the Old Testament. I love the Old Testament. In case you don't know, the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. The New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. If you want to know the difference or what they mean or kind of a, a, kind of a, you know, a way to look at that, that's the way I look at it. But we're looking at the story of Daniel, and it's actually found in the book of Daniel in the Old Testament. And at the beginning of this story, Daniel was a teenager who was uh, in his homeland, and his homeland was conquered by the Babylonians. And he and a lot of his friends were carried away from their homeland, carried away from everything they were familiar with, to Babylon, where they were held captive. Now, what's really interesting is this. When they were carried to Babylon, Daniel and some of his friends were forced into what I say is a three-year boot camp. And the sole purpose of this boot camp was to strip Daniel and his friends of their Jewish identity, everything they knew as Jews, and to replace that with Babylonian values and Babylonian culture. I, I, again, I'm going to tell you, again, I, I know some of you struggle reading the Bible, but this is a book of adventure. The book of Daniel is a book of adventure, and every time you think that everything is lost, God shows up. 
And what happens in the book of Daniel, God shows up and this teenager becomes second in command of the Babylonian Empire. And the thing that stands out to me in Daniel's life is simply what we've been talking about. It's his ability to hear the voice of God in his life. In fact, it's his ability to hear the voice of God. That's the very thing that opened himself, it it just opened him up to be able to lead. And it was his ability to hear God that opened up his destiny and his purpose and his calling. It was his ability to hear God and the voice of God that actually changed everything. And just like Abraham, Daniel was able to hear the voice of God in a godless place, surrounded by godless people, in a godless culture, a lot like Mount Juliet. You know what I'm saying? Again, I'm just kidding. I have to pick on somebody different. I got Watertown in the first service. I got Mount Juliet this time. But, but again, it just tells us that if Daniel heard God, that means that we can hear God. If Daniel could hear the voice of God in his life, I'm telling you, this story is going to show you that you can hear God in your life. So here's what happens. After they arrive in Babylon, here's what we find in the book of Daniel. Here's what it says. Lots of crazy names. I'm going to do the best I can pronouncing them, but here's here's what it says. The book of Daniel, Daniel 1, uh, verses 3 through 7. Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, his chief of staff, to bring to the palace some of the young men of Judah's royal family and other noble families who had been brought to Babylon as captives. The chief of staff said, select only strong, healthy, and good-looking young men. Make sure they are well-versed in every branch of learning, are gifted with knowledge and good judgment, and are suited to serve in the royal palace. Train these young men in the language and the literature of Babylon. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah were four of the young men chosen all from the tribe of Judah. The chief of staff renamed them with these Babylonian names. Daniel was Belshazzar, Hananiah was Shadrach, Mishael was Meshach, and Azariah was Abednego. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You you know that name. You know those names. I mean, you're familiar with that part of the story. But here's the thing. I don't want to move past those names without showing you something else. See, their Hebrew names were important because their Hebrew names spoke to who God was and what God was in their life. Here, here, let, me, let me show you the names uh, and, and what their names meant. Hananiah meant God is gracious. Mishael meant who is like our God. And Azariah was Jehovah is my helper. And you can see, if you look at those, that, that those spoke to, to who God was and what God was to them. And, and so we see them taken captive by the Babylonians, uh, and, and the Babylonians take them into that uh, three-year boot camp with the sole purpose of actually stripping them of their God-given identity. Their desire was to strip them of their God-given identity. Who God said that they were. And you think, well, what difference does it make? It makes a difference because that's the goal of the enemy today. 
The goal of the enemy today is to strip you of your identity. The enemy will try to strip you of your God-given identity, your God-given purpose, and your God-given calling. All of the things that God has deposited, all of the things that God has put on your life. Because the enemy, listen to me, will try to get you to act, to talk, to be, to do like other people. But let me tell you, you are not like other people. You have the DNA of God in your life. The hand of God is on you. You have been created in the image of Almighty God. You have His Holy Spirit in you. You are part of a royal priesthood that is set apart for God. And your life has been given destiny and purpose. And it has destiny and purpose all over it. So don't let anybody tell you otherwise. You have the story in the midst of all that's going on. They try to get Daniel to forget who he was. And there's a verse that really stands out to me. Daniel 1 verse 8. It says, Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. Daniel had made the decision in his heart that it was, he was going to follow after God. It, it didn't matter what came after him. Daniel had purposed in his heart that he was going to stay steadfast and not movable as it relates to his relationship with God. Just think about it. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, they had all decided that, you know what, we may be in a godless culture, but we're not going to let the godless culture get inside of us. They'd made that decision. Which reminds me of Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And the Apostle Paul says, Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Jay, leave that up there just a minute. See, here, here's the thing. Listen, listen. You want to know how to hear God's voice? That's it right there. Don't copy the behavior and customs of the world. But let God transform you into a new person as he transforms the way that you think. You want to know how to hear it from God? That's that right there. It's, that's it right there. Don't let the world shape you. Don't let the world tell you who you're going to be in 2023. In 2023, let the Word shape you, not the world shape you. Let the Word shape you. Let God's Word shape your thinking. And then you will hear and discern the voice of God. So here we have Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We have these four guys living in the king's court. The king has a dream, and, and he calls all the counselors and the magicians and the sorcerers that are around him because, again, the king is a godless man in a godless culture and godless people, and he wants the magicians and the sorcerers and the counselors, after he has his dream, he wants them to tell him what this dream means. So he summons all of these people, and they come to him, and the king says, I want you to tell me what 
I dreamed and what the dream means. And, and the sorcerers and the magicians and the counselors said, no, 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 King, you tell us what you dreamed, and then we'll tell you what that dream actually means. He says, no, 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 that, does not, that is not the way he works. That is not the way this works. So he issues a decree that he's going to put all of those people to death. And they go to Daniel, and Daniel says, what's going on? And he, they, the king has had a dream. He wants to know the dream, what the dream means. Daniel says, okay, wait, 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 wait. Go back to the king and tell the king, give me the night, and I'll come back to him tomorrow, and I'll tell him what he dreamed and what the dream means. Just tell the king, give me tonight, and I'll come back tomorrow and tell him everything in the morning. So when you read in chapter 2, which we're not going to look at, the first place that Daniel goes is to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And he's like, Daniel's like, guys, you, you, got, you got to help me. This is, this is a life or death situation. You know, the king has had this dream, and I need to hear from God because I've got to tell the king what he dreamt and what that dream means. So guys, I need you, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I need you staying up all night. I need you praying with me that God will speak to me. So during the night, it actually happens. God reveals to Daniel everything that the king had dreamt. Is that right, dreamt, dreamt? It was a dream. And he, and he actually, you know, he showed, God showed him in great detail what the dream was and what the dream meant. And Daniel goes back to the king, just like he said he would the next morning, and he said, King, here's what you dreamed, and here's what it meant. And the king is blown away. I mean, he's like taken aback. And the king says, you're, you're so amazing. And he puts Daniel in as second in command over the Babylonian Empire. Now, what I want us to look at is that when you study the life of Daniel, and how he was able to hear the voice of God, there are three things that stand out to me. There are three things that stand out to me as it relates to his ability to hear the voice of God that I think even thousands of years later, those things apply to you. Here's the first thing. Community. All through this book, we're reading about these guys, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. And what we see as, is as teenagers, those four guys decided, you know what, we're going to stand together in our faith. We're going to stand strong in our faith. Whatever happens in our life, we're going to be there for each other. We're going to hold each other accountable. I mean, remember, it was these three guys in chapter 3 that when everybody was, was bowing down to this giant idol, they said, no, we're not, we're not going to bow down to this giant idol. We're not bowing down. So they threw them into the fiery furnace because they would not bow down. But when they came out of the fire, there was another one. There was a fourth one in the fire with them, and they came out of the fire, not even touched by the fire. They didn't even smell like smoke because Jesus was the one in the fire with them. That's chapter 3. And when I read the story in the life of Daniel, this is what I see. If you're going to be able to hear the voice of God, then you need people in your life who also know how to hear the voice of God. 
Now think about that. If you want to hear the voice of God, you've got to have people around you who also know how to hear the voice of God. You need people in your life, people close to you, people who know how to pray for you. You need people who can pray with you, people who can come alongside you and pick you up when you're heading down the wrong path. Because, again, you got to remember, these guys were in Babylon. And, you know, I just got to believe that there were some pretty hot Babylonian women. I didn't want to get too descriptive, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I mean, but i got to believe that there were some, you know, fast and loose Babylonian women who were dressed scantily. And, and, and you know, I just have to believe, you know, my, I bet they even had a show called Babylonians Gone Wild, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> and I just have to believe that at some point, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, or Daniel, they wanted to bend the knee. I mean, they wanted to give in to the Babylonian culture. But they stood together because that's what they needed. They needed somebody around them who, when they started going down that path, that person would say, no, 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 you, you can't go down that path. So you heard me say this two weeks ago. You get the right voices in your life, you'll make the right choices. Because here's the thing. Look at the screen behind me. Get the right voices. It always means that you're going to make the right choices. I mean, think about it. If you don't have the right voices, you're not going to make the right choices. Because, listen, it's impossible to live a godly life when you're hanging around with godless people. You can't live a godly life when you're hanging around godless people. So they had this community around them that helped them Lean into God in, in, in that godless culture. So it begs me to ask you two questions. Who's speaking in your life? And who is your spiritual community? Now think about your own personal life. Who is speaking into your life and what is or who is your spiritual community? Because I guarantee you this morning, listen to me what I'm saying, listen to what I'm saying. If you look back at your life and you made some bad decisions just like I have, if you look back at your life and you look at the bad decisions that you made, I can guarantee you that there were people with you there making those decisions with you. You had people around you when you made those bad decisions. But what would have happened if instead you had somebody like Shadrach or Meshach, or Abednego. Would those decisions that you made, would they have been different? See, I believe that they would have. What would have happened if there had been people in your life when you made those bad decisions who knew at that time how to hear the voice of God and to follow the voice of God? Would things have been different in your life? And I'm telling you, I believe that they would. Let me tell you why I believe that they would. Because I've had those kind of people in my life my entire life. I make fun or poke fun at Emmanuel a lot. It's a great church. It's my heritage. It's where I grew up. It's where I walked the aisle and, you know, submitted myself to the call that God had on my life. I didn't end up doing it like I should have. 
but all things work together for good. I mean, that, that we know how that works. But uh, again, I surrendered to the ministry at Emmanuel when I was 17 years old. And all through my time at Emmanuel, I had people speaking into my life. Even when I walked away, when I did that, you know, uh, wilderness experience like the Israelites, I had people still that would come into my store and speak into my life. I used to own some convenience stores for people who don't know. But I still had people when I was, I was, use, I was dropping the F-bomb and cussing and carrying on and acting like a fool, like an like a ungodly person. But people still knew the call of God on my life, and they still came in and spoke to me. And they lifted me up in prayer behind my back that I didn't know that they were doing that. But I can look back now and see that that's what they were doing. I had those kind of people in my life. So again, what's the question is, what would happen if you had those kind of people in your life? Look at this verse from Proverbs. Proverbs uh, 12, verse 26. Here's what it says. The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads to death. The righteous choose their friends carefully. You get to choose your friends, Crossroads. Listen to me. You get to choose your friends. L listen to this. We, make, we meet people by chance, but we deepen those relationships by choice. You make the choice who you're going to go deeper with. And can I just tell you, can I just get up in your business? Some of you need to make some different choices. Some of you have people in your life right now that you need to move away from. Because you can't let those people influence you. Because the people, listen, listen, the people that are closest to you need to be pushing you towards Jesus. Amen? The people that are closest to you need to be almost forcing you to lean into Jesus. They need to be pushing you towards Jesus. And if you're going to hear the voice of God, then you have got to be around people who know the voice of God and who want to hear the voice of God. Because, see, I think some of you don't know the way to go. Some of you don't know where you're going simply because you haven't been shown the way yet. But you need people around you who will help you see the way, who will help you know the way that you need to go, who will help you find the way that God wants to take you. And that's what Daniel had in his life. See, again, you talk about the Old Testament and you say, oh, it's just old, it's boring. It's not boring. Daniel had Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He had those people to help him. And if you're going to hear the voice of God, then you need spiritual community in your life. You need to be showing up at church. You can watch it online every now and then when you're on vacation. You need to be here. Forsake not the assembling of yourself together. You need the community. You need to be volunteering. You need to be making connections here. So the story of Daniel continues on, and probably the most memorable of all the stories that most of us know is actually found in chapter 6. Daniel is no longer a teenager. He's probably about, and I guess, I, I guess I'm guessing, 80 years old. And he's been a part of the ruling hierarchy in Babylon for decades. And here's what's happened. Some of the other Babylonians have gotten jealous and upset that this person who was brought in from the outside as a captive has risen to such power. 
So they come up with this plot to destroy Daniel. But they can't find anything wrong with him. So they think and they think and they think and they go to the king with this idea. And they tell the king, king, why don't you sign a decree, an order, that during the next 30 days, nobody can pray to any other god except to you, king. And the king loves that idea because he's a godless man. I mean, he's a godless culture, godless place, godless man. But if they get caught praying to any other god except you, king, they're going to be thrown into the lion's den. So the king loves the idea. He signs the decree. And this is what it says in verse 10. It says, now when Daniel knew that the writing, the decree, the order was signed, he went home. And in his upper room with his windows open toward Jerusalem, just so you know, that's east. I went through a, ser- I went through a phase in my life where I would only pray facing Jerusalem. I, I did that. And in his upper room, he opened his windows toward Jerusalem. He knelt down on his knees three times a day and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since early days. Then the officials went together to Daniel's house and found him praying and asking for God's help. So the king gave the order and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. Let me tell you, if you're not a praying person, you're going to pray when you're in front of him. Amen? I mean, if somebody throws you into a cave with this guy and his friends, if you ain't never, never prayed a prayer, you're going to pray a prayer. God, do something. I watched that guy. Anybody watch on Facebook Reels, Gator Chris? Anybody ever see him? He messes with the alligators all the time in, in that habitat down in Florida. And I'm just amazed. But again, you put me in front of an alligator, you put me in front of this guy and his friends, I'm going to pray. I may have never prayed before, but let me tell you, I'm going to pray. And here's what's interesting. When you're in the pit praying those kind of prayers, God hears those prayers. Because God is just a whisper away. As a matter of fact, look at what it says in Psalm 145, verse 18. It says, the Lord is close to everyone who prays to him. The Lord is close to you when you pray to him. But let me just tell you this. If that's the only time that you pray, then you're missing the point of prayer. If the only time that you pray is when you get thrown into the pit, if that's the only time you pray, then you're missing the power of prayer. Because the purpose and the power of prayer is not to get you out of the pit every time. The purpose and the power of prayer is is not to get you out of a problem every time. The whole purpose of prayer is to help you get to know Jesus Christ. Getting to know His voice. Getting to know His Holy Spirit. And letting the Holy Spirit guide you and direct you so that you get to know God in a personal way. He will deliver you from the pit. He will deliver you from the problem. But that's not the real power in prayer. So Daniel prays and and God hears his prayers and God shuts the mouth of the lions. 
But it's verse 10 that jumps out to me. It says, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks to his God. Let's read the last four words together. As was his custom. It was his habit. It, it was his rhythm. That's what he did. He made a habit of getting into his room and talk to God. So the first thing I saw in the life of, of Daniel was community. The second thing that I see is something that I think that's equally important. It's consistency. Consistency. It was his rhythm. It was his pattern. It was being in the presence of God that helped train his ear so that he was actually able to hear the voice of God. Because, Dan listen, Daniel didn't just pray in the pit or the problem. Daniel prayed all the time. That's what it just told, just, just, just told us. He prayed so much that the men who were going to try to trap Daniel they knew where he would be and what he would be doing. They knew at what time he would be praying and at what time and place he would be praying so that they knew that when they went to catch him, they were going to be able to catch him. It's all they had to do to try to get rid of him. So listen, this is not complicated. If you're going to hear the voice of God, you need to talk to God. Amen? If you're going to hear the voice of God, you've got to start talking to God. If you want to hear what God has to say about you and your life in 2023, then you're going to have to spend some time talking to God. And can I just say this morning, and don't be offended by what I'm about to say, spend some time talking to God, but also spend some time listening to God. See, you, like me, have the same tendency to go and just throw up on God. Oh, God, can you help me with my job, my husband, my kids, you know, blah, 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 blah. And, and you, just kind of, you just talk and you talk and you talk and you never listen. And God wants to hear you. But if you want to be able to hear the voice of God, you've got to stop the mouthing and listen. You've got to listen to God's voice. You've got to consistently put yourself in a place so that you can hear the voice of God. So that's my question. What is your rhythm? What's your pattern? What's your custom? When it comes to you getting with God, do you, do you have a, a time or a place that you go to get along with God? Some of you say, well, you know, and I'll tell you this. I, I, I'll be really honest with you. One of my best praying places is in the shower. It's a visual. I know it's not a visual that you want. But, you know, I've always kind of said it's, you're just kind of like naked before God. And there's something about the water and the calmness that I have, I have gotten some of my best ideas for church and or sermons in the shower. And some of you say, well, you know, Randy, I, I, I try to talk to God on the way to work. Let me tell you, you can't hear God on I-40. 
You can't hear God on 231. As a matter of fact, you're liable to use the, you're liable to use the wrong finger or the wrong words. You know what I'm saying when you're on I-40. You don't want to be riding with me when I'm on I-40. You're not going to hear God's voice if you're on I-40. It's hard to talk to God on I-40. Some of you would say, you know what, I, I, I try to talk to God when I'm at work. Let me tell you, you can't hear God's whisper when you're at work, amen? You just can't. You can't hear God's whisper. You have to pull away regularly so that you can train your ear to hear the voice of God. So what's your custom? What's your habit? What's your rhythm? What's your pattern? Or maybe the better question is, what patterns do you need to form as we step into this new year? See, habits are amazing things. We all have them. Good habits, bad habits. And let me, let me just tell you this morning, the people that teach about habits, that write about habits, they say that, you know, even some of you who are really old, uh, that you can, uh, that's supposed to be funny, okay, So because I'm really old, so anyway. Uh, but anyway, they say that you can make new habits, even for those of us who are older. You can form new habits in your life by taking little steps every day. It's little steps. It's not big leaps. It's not big steps. You can change your habits by taking little steps, small steps, every day. Consistently. Every day. The secret is consistency. Long-term consistency trumps short-term intensity every time. Be consistent long-term. Small steps. So what if you took this and you applied this to your relationship with God? What if you got up 30 minutes earlier tomorrow and started to do it every day for the next three years? 30 minutes early, I know some of you, that just crushes you. But what if you got up 30 minutes early every day and of that 30 minutes, you spent 20 minutes talking to God. Do you know that if you spent 20 minutes of that 30 minutes and you did that for three years, that over the course of three years, you would have spent 365 hours with God, talking with Him, learning to hear His voice, speaking to Him, listening to Him speak. And I promise that if you do that, listen, I promise you, you're going to hear the voice of God. I can promise you that. You know why I can promise you that? Look at the screen behind me. I can promise you because consistency builds expectancy. Consistency builds expectancy. In other words, at my house, let me just tell you this, this is my house. My house in the middle of the... But at my house, you know what we do? We eat at the table. Some of you, you eat in the den, you eat in your bedroom. We don't do that at my house. Daddy will come after you with a switch. You know what I'm saying? I don't care how old you are. We eat at the table or at the bar. But let me just use this as an example. Starting tomorrow, if my wife, who is Jenny Lee, I call her Jenny Lee, if Jenny Lee was to start bringing me breakfast in bed and giving me a little kiss every morning, which ain't going to happen, I'm just telling you. <laughs> but let's just say she did. 
If she did that for 30 days, what would I expect on the 31st day? I had the same thing. Breakfast in bed and a little kiss on the cheek. Because consistency builds expectancy. If you're consistently, listen to me, Crossroads, if you're consistently getting with God, then every morning there's an expectancy. Oh, goodness, is, I, I'm going to start, I'm start speaking in tongues up here. You know what I'm saying? Then there's, there's an expectancy that rises up in your soul that if you're doing that consistently, that God's going to speak to me when I get up the next morning. I'm consistently doing that, and when I consistently doing, do that, I'm going to expect that God's going to have something to say to me the next morning I, because I'm learning to hear from God. I'm spending with time, time with God, and He's going to speak, to speak to me because that consistency is building expectancy, and it's that expectancy that changes everything. Let me tell you, expectancy, it changes your posture in prayer. It changes what you think is going to happen in the morning when you get up and pray. Because you think God is going to speak to me and he's going to show me what I need to do in my life. Consistency builds expectancy. And that's the thing that brings me to the third thing that I see in the life of Daniel. Audacity. Daniel prayed audacious prayers. What do we call that? Chutzpah. That's what he had. Boldness. I mean, again, if you look at the story, Daniel as a teenager prayed, you know, we're not going to eat the king's food or drink the king's wine. We're just going to have veggies. I guess he was a vegetarian. We're good. We don't need the king's stuff. He was audacious in saying that even though I am in Babylon, I'm not going to let Babylon get into me. He was audacious to pray, God, would you shut the mouth of these lions? And God did exactly that. God shut the mouth of the lions. He was so audacious that when the king gave the decree that he was going to kill everybody because nobody could interpret the dream, Daniel said, wait, 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 wait. give me the night and I'm going to get with God. And I'll come back to you, king, in the morning, and I'll tell you everything that you need to know. That's audacious, people. Because Daniel expected God to speak to him. Listen to me this morning. I'm going to use some words here that I really need some help that you understand. He had an expectation of revelation. He had an expectation of revelation. And I have to wonder... If he didn't have the expectation, would he have gotten the revelation? See, I don't think had he not had the expectation, I don't think he would have gotten the revelation. Because the expectation and the revelation go hand in hand. There is something that directly ties my expectation to the revelation of what God is doing in my life. And Jesus put it this way. May it be done to you according to your faith. Because your faith has a lot to do with what you see God doing in your life.
next weekend, the 29th, we enter 21 days of prayer and fasting. Can I just say this? Some other churches are doing it. Everybody does. It's okay. Some people start it right at the very beginning of the year. I opt to not start it at the very beginning of the year because I wanted to talk to you about hearing the voice of God. I wanted you to be prepared to hear the voice of God. So it begs me to ask the question. As we start 21 days of prayer and fasting next Sunday, what are you expecting? What are you expecting God to do in your life? What are you expecting God to show you about your life? Because, see, I just want to raise your expectation a little bit. I just want to raise your expectation, and I want you, listen to me, Crossroads, I want you to believe for God to do something audacious in your life. I want you to believe for something supernatural in your life. I want you to believe for something you, you, you haven't seen, something that you haven't even thought about. I want you to believe for something that maybe you haven't even put into words yet. Because let me just tell you, that's our God. And that's what our God wants to do. You know, last week at the end of the service, I referenced a scripture that's very important to me. See, in, in the formation of the church and the vision and the mission and the calling and all that stuff, I kept waking up every morning at 3.33. 3.33, every morning, every morning. I'm not talking about here and there. Every morning before this church was formed. And I called one of my friends who was a very godly man. After this happened for months, and I said, John, I said, John, did, can you tell me? I said, I've been looking all through the Bible. I feel like God is trying to speak to me. And I've been looking at every verse, every chapter. I mean, three, you know, from Genesis to Revelation, every verse, it was 333. And he didn't halt a second. And he said, Randy, have you ever thought it should have been 33-3? Remember, God's waking me up in the fourth watch. Look at what the Bible says about the fourth watch in Jesus. And then I ran across Jeremiah 33.3, where it says, call to me, and I will answer you and tell you great and mighty things which you do not know and understand and cannot distinguish. Listen, Crossroads, God says to you right now, call to me and I'll answer you. Call to me and I'll answer you. Not, not call to me when you get your life together. Not call to me when everything in your life is perfect. He says, call to me and I will answer you. That's a passionate, desperate cry. If you'll call to me, I'll show you. And I believe that as we enter this time of prayer and fasting in about a week, that God is going to show you some hidden and marvelous things. Because I have expectation of revelation for you. That God's going to show you something hidden, something marvelous. He's going to show you something about your kids. He's going to show you something about your health. He's going to show you something about a problem, about something in your life, about a relationship, something that you didn't know what to do about. But when you pray and you fast, he's going to speak to you because you've called to him. And he's going to show you the answer that you've been looking for. Because you're seeking him. 
And his word says, listen, listen, that when you call him, that he's going to answer you. And I believe his word to be true. So much so that you can build your life on his word. You can live on his word. I believe that because what we believe matters. What we believe changes everything. And most importantly, it changes us. It changes the way we think. It changes the way we pray. Because here's the thing, listen, listen. If we believe that God is who he says he is, and that he's going to do everything that he said he was going to do, then it's going to change the way that you start praying this afternoon, tomorrow, this week. You're not going to pray puny prayers if you believe that God is who he says he is and that he will do everything that he says he do. He says that he will do. You're not going to get up in the morning and say, oh, God bless me, God bless me, thank you so much for this. God bless my apple, bless my prayer. You know, you're not going to pray puny prayers. There's no room for puny prayers, people. There is no room for puny prayers if God is who he says he is and if he will do everything that he said he will do. You're going to pray for God to move that mountain. Heal that disease. To do that work in your life. You're going to pray for God to bring revelation to my soul and to my spirit. Because you, like me, you want to have that Daniel faith. You want to have audacious faith. As a matter of fact, the writer in Hebrews puts it this way. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Now, look at what it says. Because this is what the ancients were commended for. That's what faith is. I'm confident in what I'm praying about and what I'm believing God for. Because by faith, Noah built the boat. By faith, Moses went to Pharaoh and said, let the people go. By faith, Abraham left his homeland and went to a land that God said he was going to show him. By faith, David killed Goliath, a giant with a rock. And by faith, Daniel prayed those audacious prayers. So if you want that kind of faith in your life, listen, Crossroads, if you want to see God move in your life, if you want to live with a sense of expectancy and hearing the voice of God, I've got two challenges for you. And they both come from the life of Daniel. And they will help you hear the voice of God this year. First one is this, build the right habits. The second one, get around the right people. Build the right habit. It's all about consistency. Build time in your schedule this week where you're going to get alone with God. Set your alarm 30 minutes early and spend that time quieting yourself and getting alone with God. Spend some of that time in worship. Spend time in the Word and let His Word speak to you. Build some new habits this week and get around the right people. Make it a point to be here every Sunday morning, 8.30 or 10 o'clock. Get involved in volunteering. 
as we plan more things for the rest of this year, get involved in those things, being around God's people, the right people. See, some of you right now, you feel like your life is stuck, and it is. Because you need to get around the right people. Find yourself a spiritual mentor. Somebody that can hold you accountable. Somebody that can teach you the things of God. You need new friends. And for some of you, I know you would say, I don't need any more friends. But you need to be the friend that somebody else needs. Some of you need new friends, and some of you, somebody needs to be that friend. Don't you love Daniel? Would you bow your heads and pray with me, please? And I really want to pray, pray two prayers. I want to pray that God would do his part as we do our part. That God would do his part as we do our part. That's the first prayer I'm going to pray in just a moment. The second is for those of you who may not have your life right. You've never given your life to Jesus Christ. God, we thank you so much for your word and the ability to read and to discern your voice and to see in the life of Daniel. These three little points that are so important that would get us ready to hear your voice, specifically as we enter this time of prayer and fasting starting next Sunday. God, we just pray that we recognize and hear you and that as we do our part, you'll do your part. That you'll lead and guide us. Give us the strength that we need to make the changes in life that we need to make. Every head bowed, every eye closed. The second prayer is for somebody here or somebody watching online who's never given their life to Jesus Christ. You've never placed your faith in the substitutionary death of the, on the cross that Jesus went to for your, on your behalf. You paid a debt that he didn't need to pay to give you a life that you didn't deserve. And maybe right there where you're seated in this auditorium or where you're at home or whether you're watching or listening as you're driving, maybe just under your breath, you just need to say, Jesus, today I believe that you are who you say you are, my Savior, my Redeemer, my friend. And I believe that you did that on my behalf, that you paid a debt that I could not pay so that I would be given a life that I did not deserve. And in this moment, I turn to you, Jesus, as my Savior, my Redeemer, and my friend. That turning is repentance. And can I just say this this morning? Repentance can be a heavy word, but it's not meant to be a heavy word. It's just turning 180 and going in a different direction. And that's what you're committing to this morning. You're no longer going to live the life that you've been living, but you're going in a different direction. God, can we just say this morning that the story of Daniel is out of the Old Testament. It's an old story. But it's just a reminder that those old stories have as much power as what's found in the New Testament. Because without the Old Testament, we wouldn't have the New Testament. Don't let it slip away. Don't let it become a memory that just kind of goes away. But bring the stories plant them in front of us so that they become fixtures of our faith. God, we love you and we ask your blessing on this service as we pray this prayer in Jesus' name.
Some of you might ought to be praying that I don't extend that 21 days of prayer and fasting. You know what I'm saying? 